Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Real Talk Gaming and Sports Podcast. As always, it's your host, Chuck. It is a different week here this week because we are a man down. For our audio listeners, you can't tell, but if you're live with us on Twitch, you can. B-Dog is not here with us tonight because he is taking a much-needed rest after his long finals week. So just main shoot. What's up, buddy? Kicking it old school, baby, just like the old days. That's right, man. Back to the real talk with shooting chalk days <laughs> here on Twitch. That's right. But always have to acknowledge our boy when he's not here. But, you know, sometimes you got to take care of yourself. And I don't want to be doing finals. So yeah. Shit. Me neither. I'm glad, I'm glad those days are over. Yeah, so. I, under- I definitely feel his pain, but uh, glad that we're not going through it. So. Yeah, so shout out to B-Dog. But you're going to rock old school with us tonight on Twitch. So. It hasn't been the most eventful week in sports. Some things have happened, so we have to do what we always do and keep a tradition and start there. Let's roll with sports. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. I said not a ton going on um you know the Nats are a disaster the Caps are out of the playoffs and we're going to touch on those two in a second but as we always do we start with the Redskins with the Redskins the only thing that's really going on is that mini camp starts this weekend and even though normally I wouldn't be that hyped about it I actually am pretty hyped yeah I mean it's our first chance to get a look at D Haskins man uh <laughs> You know, we'll see how well he adjusts. You know, and again, it's early. It's rookie camp. Can't really expect too much. But yeah, it is a good gauge to see how much development he's going to need uh, to get that starting spot. So, you know, if he comes out the gate and he's firing really well, um, it's good. It's a good sign leading into training camp. But, you know, obviously this is still de- de- uh, developmental time, so it's not that big of a deal if, if it's not that great. Yeah, I'd say really – the biggest thing about it is to see how much and how quickly they can transition from the classroom onto the field. I mean, yeah. they're they're out there in helmets, not really doing much, but for skill positions, it, it is pretty important. You know, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, it, getting that timing down and stuff like that. So I am excited to just see Haskins in a Redskins helmet. Yes. And his, uh, his quest to QB1 begins this weekend. That's, and yeah. You know, we've had people pose that question to us in the chat this week through Twitch, and uh, I definitely think it's a viable debate that he will start week one. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we have other options available if we need, but, mm-hmm. you know, drafting the guy in the first round, I think that kind of puts us in a position where, you know, we we do want to play him in, in the, you know, when it comes time uh, for the season to come around, but... It's hard to uh, gauge at this point because, you know, we don't know what, uh, you know, what what he's going to be like. Is is his skill set going to going to ch- translate to the pros? I personally think so. A lot of pundits think so, um, mm-hmm. but you never can tell until he actually steps on that field. Um, and you know, I'm I have high hopes. That's that's all that I can say about it. I agree. And, and I mean, I I know coming into the draft, everyone said, well, he needs to wait. He's he's not ready, but. No one's saying that about Kyler Murray, and he was yeah. a one-year starter too. And they both were Heisman finalists. Just one won it, the other one didn't. Yep. But it also turns out that one is six four two thirty, the other one's five ten, two hundred. So I think you put two players on a screen, you line up their statistics, and say both of these guys are one-year starters in college. Who's pro ready? I think Dwayne Haskins is the more pro ready in that scenario. So. 
He's definitely got the body type, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think your biggest fear of starting a rookie quarterback is will he get injured? I think Mm -hmm. he's less likely to be injured than Cole McCoy. And as we definitely know, frickin', uh, you know, well, sorry, I said that backwards. He's definitely less likely to be injured than Case Keenum, but most definitely less likely than Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy can't play two games without being injured. Yeah, and that's kind of disappointing, you know. Like, I really do like Colt. Don't get me wrong. I like the guy. I think he has been great for this team, especially, you know, as a solid backup. Um, Yeah. It's just unfortunate that whenever his chance comes around, he gets broken. You know, it's it's really – Yeah, it's just really – It's a really – It's a bummer for him and his career, but – you know, still, I like I like knowing that he's on the bench. He's been in the yeah. system forever, um, and he can step in if need be. But I don't want him carrying the load. And the same thing goes for Case Keenum. Again, I don't think Case Keenum's a terrible player, but I don't want the whole season resting on his shoulders. Um, I'd rather, you know, like we talked about last week, I'd rather go six and six with Dwayne Haskins uh, yeah. than you know, or six and you know, ten whatever with ten. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, six and ten. Yeah. Um, than than doing that with with Case Keenum, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think that the you know as as the season progresses, if Dwayne Haskins is the guy, he's going to get more comfortable. And like we said, he's got the body type to be a successful quarterback. Um, you know, he's really he's like a prototypical guy. So I think that the sky is the limit for him. And the more comfortable he gets in that offense, the better it's going to be. So shoot, just just give him get him out there. You know, if he can do it, yeah. do it. And I get it. Like, our schedule is tough and stuff like that, but our schedule is tough with divisional opponents that he needs to be able to play against. Exactly. Worst-case scenario, he's ready for the next time around. You know, if we were playing the the Packers and New England and all these teams that we're going to be playing later in the year in the front end of the schedule, which are still going to be difficult games, we don't see them again. You know, you get some experience underneath your belt. Even if we lose all four, you can still lose all four with Case. So – If we're progressing somewhere, I think that's what's most important. But really the most interesting thing as far as position battles and what needs to happen this offseason was a question that was posed on Twitter this week by, uh, you know, NBC Sports Washington and their Redskins Twitter account. And it was saying, you know, what is the biggest position of need, so to speak, for the Redskins? Is it wide receiver, left guard, or safety. You know, those are three positions that have been in flux, really, for the last couple of years. Yeah. And, yeah, we made some draft picks. Yeah, we signed Landon Collins, but we still have a need at the other safety position. And we just drafted two rookie left guards, but Mm -hmm. we don't really have anything proven there. So if you had to say, what would you say is the most important position that needs to be corrected? Well, you know, the the obvious one that kind of jumps out at me at first is wide receiver um, Mm -hmm. because we don't have any huge playmakers. Now, we did draft that guy from Ohio State. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. but Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Yeah. McLaurin. um, And that's exactly what Dwayne Haskins wanted. So we could be good there. Um, But in the last few years, the thing that's killed us is not having, you know, guys like Pierre Garçon and and DJX. So um, I think, you know, Initially, that's what that's what jumps out to me. I think, uh, you know, the smart the smart guy would say probably left guard um, mm-hmm. yeah. because you know you got you got two young guys there. But I'm of the mind that we drafted two guys, and our front office seems to be pretty good at picking offensive linemen. So yeah. I'm confident that those guys are going to be able to step in. And then safety, again, you know, it's tough. It's tough to say. You know, we might be okay there. 
but who knows? It's kind of all three. We kind of need all three. So I know when I initially responded to that tweet, I said safety just because I still think the Redskins need a sign of safety. I still think that right now, just because yes, you have Landon Collins, who is without a doubt top five safety of the league, but you need another one. And right now, technically on the depth chart, that's Monte Nicholson. And you don't even know if he's going to play because he got in that fight in week 17 on the street. Then you got Troy Apake, like or DeShazer Everett. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, nah, you need help there. But yeah. ultimately, we address that in free agency, which was right. pointed out to me incorrectly so. So I was like, all right. And then, yeah, everyone else is immediately jumping the receiver because that's easily pointed out on a stat sheet. We haven't yeah. had a top 50 receiver since DJX and PG88 left. So, right. yeah, agreed. Definitely need that. But to me, it all starts up front, man. Like, when our offensive line went down with injuries last year, we completely changed as a team. That's true. We fell apart. Yeah. So if you can solidify that left guard spot, we go from, you know, which is already a pretty decent offensive line when healthy to a great offensive line when healthy. So yeah. we're going to win football games by running the football, controlling the clock, and taking a deep shot a couple times a game. That's how Jay Gruden play, calls plays. That's how – a rookie quarterback succeeds in the NFL. So in my opinion, like you said, the smart guy would say left guard. So I'm yeah. saying left guard, Yeah. but there is hope. We're not all doom and gloom because there is some very awesome depth on this team, which fans should rightfully be excited about. I think we're very young in a lot of positions, specifically on the defensive line and the running back room. You know, I mean, young, I mean, Adrian Peterson may be 33 years old, but he, Runs like a 21-year-old. Yeah, he's still got but some gas in the tank, man. He proved that to everybody last year when everyone said he didn't. And the Redskins just drafted Bryce Love in the future. The running back room with Darius Geis and Bryce Love looked pretty bright. But without a doubt, the strength of this team is the defensive line. Yeah, sure. I agree, man. I, you know, I was looking at your your the, the little rundown here. It says biggest strength question mark. I mean, to me, it's not even a question, you know. Yeah. Um, the D-line is, is the heart and soul of this team. Um it's all the best character guys too, you know. Correct. Um, yeah, I agree. So with you. they're they're going to be leading the locker room and everything. Now I will say there is a lot of talent in the running back room as well. The only problem is we haven't seen Darius Geis run yet. Uh, yeah, officially. That's a good point. Yep. Officially, um, you have not. We haven't. And seen... they all have torn ACLs. It's exactly. Like, so hey, you tore your ACL. Let's go be a Redskin running back. Running back. <laughs> and am I confident that they're going to be good? Of course I am. Of course I am. Yeah. But. Until they go out and prove it, then I can't say that they're the biggest strength. But you know, because the D-line has proven it. I mean, True. time yeah. and time again, they are the reason that we're even close in games. So, as long as we keep that going. And, you know, we just added another piece with Montez Sweat. So, yep. I don't see any other unit being as effective as the D-line. And don't be shocked if Ruben Foster is all pro next year because he has a ridiculously awesome Oh yeah defensive line that eats up blocks and he's just flying around the field and he's got a chip on his shoulder too so oh he's real mad like if you think he was mad playing before just wait and now he's with his boys from college so i i think without a doubt reds against top five defense i'll put my name on that stamp i'll triple stamp that double stamp right now in may the redskins will finish the season with a top five defense for sure that's a Um, hot take right there folks take that one to the bank We'll, we'll, we'll benchmark it so in December we can come back and look at it, but that's what's going to happen. Made some good additions to the coaching staff on the defensive side. Some guys were former you know, coordinator um, 
backgrounds and Rex Ryan and such. So I think they got a lot of proof because, you know, at the end of the year, everyone was going from Minuski's head and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. it got to the point where it was so bad, but when you go back and think about it, like once Alex Smith went down and our offense was run by Mark Sanchez, you know, like they were on the field the entire time. So they retired and there's only so much you can do when you don't have an effective offense. So the defense isn't going to be great, but I think they have the chance to be pretty special and the Ravens and other teams have proven that if you have a good defense and a competent offense, yep. you can win Super Bowl. So no, I'm not saying the Redskins are going to win a Super Bowl, but I am saying I do think they're going to be a lot better. You know, I've seen things where they're saying four wins or six wins. I'm like, you don't add Ruben Foster, Landon Collins, Montez Sweat, you know, all these players to your defense, let alone the additions we had on offense, and get worse now. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, and that's the thing. You know, the national media, of course, is going to get throw shade at us. But, you know, all these people that are sleeping on the Redskins, good, in my mind, good. You know, before the draft, I would have agreed with them. Before the draft, yeah. I would say, yes, four to six wins is, re- is probably where we're at. But after the draft that we had, I don't see how we get worse than we were last year. Unless we get, unless like a, a you know a bomb goes off in the locker room, we're all injured. I don't see how we can get any worse. <laughs> Which is possible because we've had the the curse had it happen on before, the yeah. locker room for the last two years. If they can clear that curse, whoever did that, you know, I think they'll be okay. But yeah. it's it's going to be at the very least entertaining to watch. I think it's something that fans can definitely be excited and invested about. But yep. you know, in other good news for Redskins is that you know uh, eight of the ten rookies did signed today which is nice you know everyone except Montez Sweat and Terry McLaurin they're the only two have yet to sign which too too early for that to even be a concern but Haskins is on the books for four years with the fifth year option which is the most important so great news for the Redskins getting that done and in that regard like as we transition to other NFL news I just saw literally as we, we were going live Kyler Murray signed his, uh, you know, rookie contract. Okay. Yep. yep. This dude clearly has the best agent in all sports. I thought Kirk Cousins had the best agent in all sports, but this guy got Kyler Murray, a $35 million fully guaranteed rookie contract. What? 23 million is due at signing. Holy shit. He hasn't even played a down. In the National Football League yet, and has already got a fully guaranteed contract. I am shocked by that. Like, okay, I understand. I understand giving him, you know, some money up front or whatever. But the dude is so small, man. Like, like if he has an Alex Smith, you're done. You're done, bro. You are done because they already traded in right now. Yeah, I exactly. am shocked by that news, dude. What are you thinking? Like last year, they paid Rosen, I think, uh, eleven million in a signing bonus, and they gave Kyler Murray twenty-three million in a signing bonus and thirty-five fully guaranteed. That's like, ridiculous. I'm never. It's unreal to me. I can't believe that. I, it's. I mean, I guess that's the trend of football. But to how me, many years just, is it? So it's four year deal, just like uh, all rookie deals are in the first round with the fifth year option. So basically, but, all of his money's coming up front, and he just gets a little bit on the back end. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's gonna get twenty three million dollars right away, and then we'll make what Yikes. a couple million a year. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's insane, and I Yikes. I get it. If that's what helps your cap situation, that's fine. But you still gave a guy who is the smallest quarterback 
essentially, maybe other than Doug Flutie in NFL professional history, yeah, a fully guaranteed contract. He's never even played it down. So, you know, before the last CBA, all the people were pissed when guys like Matt Stafford, who is still doing it in the NFL, you may not have won playoff games, but he's arguably top 10 quarterback. Like, he's yeah. still he's slings it. He's not bad, yeah. You know, he was signing, there's him and dudes like Sam Bradford signing 50, 60 million dollar contracts as rookies. And so all these vets were like, this is ridiculous. You know, we need to have a rookie cap for, you know, you get your big money on your second contract. Well, now they're just giving them to him fully guaranteed. It's Which, insane, I mean, dude. and it's still less money. So, you know, I get it, but it's a risky move, man. Let's see how it pays off for him. Yeah, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's <laughs> we'll see. But. Yeah, like I said at the top of the show, as far as other D.C. sports news, a little bit too depressing to talk yeah. about TBH. I mean, the Nats are complete dumpster fire. Dude, it is, on IR. it is terrible. David Martinez somehow still has a job. I don't understand it. And, I mean, it's still early in the baseball season, but, I mean, it's it's trending in the direction of a Orioles-type season. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good. So Yeah, it's not, it's not what you want to see for the Nats, but – it's not – I can't say it's unexpected, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess – I don't know how much – how different it would be if Bryce was here or not, but at the end of the – you know, at, at the end of it all, I mean, this coaching, in my opinion, in baseball, just as you would know as a golf coach, it's all about arranging lineups, and he's yep. just not doing it, so. That's exactly right. I mean, it's not – you know, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, the coach in, in, the, in baseball particularly, you don't really do anything. I mean – you know, yeah, no, not really. You know, you're not you calling call plays. Pitches, yeah, but about the extent of your it. job is to set the lineup, and if the lineup's not getting it done, then it's on it's on you, man. It's not really on the players. I mean, yeah, they should be performing, obviously, but you're not you're not setting them up to be successful, and that yeah. is solely on you. So, you know, he's I, I'm shocked he still has a job, honestly. Uh, but whatever. to go from Dusty to him is I still don't understand. It, it. makes I don't know no what the sense. Learners are doing. Yeah, I don't know how they haven't got rid of him, but like how you just get rid of Dusty, but hang on to this dude. It's literally, I don't understand it, but it really, the only caps news that there is, is that, you know, it is a big off season in the sense that Holtby and Backstrom are both entering in the final years of their contracts. And I, I don't know what the future holds for either of those two. Um, Backstrom himself said, you know, this is all he knows, so to speak. So, Clearly, I think they would both love to come back. They want a yeah. cup here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess you would have to prioritize Backstrom over Holpe if you think that this young goaltender Russian kid is is the future. And I don't know enough about like our farm system to really comment on if that's a good decision or not. It, it is stressful, though, because to me, um, you know, and all the accolades to Ovi and Backstrom are well-deserved. Like, I, I think that they are really a main, if not the main reason why we have a Stanley Cup. But For sure. Braden Holby really is also the third piece of that pie. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, honestly, I, I don't see a situation in which we let them both go. That's, you know, Ted Leonsis knows what the hell he's doing. He knows what so. he's got. Yeah. And if anything, you know, especially like Backstrom, like – I can see a situation where he's not going to hold out for a shitload of money. You know, like, yeah. he'll just be like, pay me fairly and I'll stay. And that, to me, I think is what's going to happen. Now, hopefully we may have to give a little bit more money to, 
But I trust Ted, man. I trust him. He he knows what the hell he's doing. It is it is nice to be able to say you trust him. That yeah. trust the owner to figure out. He got Kuznetsov. He got Tom Wilson. He got everyone else taken care of. And even when those contracts came out, those seven, six, seven year contracts came out. Hey, yeah, Will, thank you for something. Thank you for that really sub, Will. Um, when those contracts came out, everyone was like, oh, man, why are they paying these guys so much money? This is ridiculous. Well, it worked out. So I think it's going to work out. But it is something worth monitoring. I would love for it to get over with so that way we don't have to, to be stressed about it. But Yeah, B-Dog brings up a good point. I'm shocked he's awake. You, sh- you should be asleep, Blake. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we have had issues at the goalie position, um, at least we trying had to issues, know. We had know issues we... at the goalie position until – after uh, Kolzik left, yeah. and Holpe was the anchor that changed everything, and that's yeah. why I say that he's underrated in his his pivotal role in changing the franchise. Because every until leading up to him, like B Dog is saying, like you'd always say, "Well, the guy behind him is just as good. The guy behind him is just as good," and they would move on. And then finally, we had Holpe. We saw his potential, and we were like, "Nope, we're going to stick with him. We stuck yeah. with him, and we want a cup." So I hope. I think we're going to keep them both. I hope he can stick around because I do not want a Mark Andre Fleury situation where he yeah. leaves and takes his team to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that would not be that would not be a good situation. While the Caps took advantage of Fleury in that series leading up to it, like he is the reason why they made it as far as they did in their first year. So I do not want to be playing Holpe on the new you know Seattle expansion team. Like yeah. that would be a nightmare. So, and the question becomes, you know, how long does this this young guy need before he is, you know, really ready to take over the mantle? Um, yeah. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Is I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like about like it. I said already, I don't know enough about our farm system. I do trust our farm system in building a goalie. I just don't want us to go back to what we've always done yeah. and shipped off the main guy for the the next up and comer when we already had the right one in place. But you know. It is fitting that B-Dog entered the chat right when he did because I put our last part of sports in for B-Dog, but um, I had we had to talk about it. I know Chute does not like talking about basketball, but... I'm warming um, up to it. It was mentioned in the chat last night as we were doing the Real, one, the real Ones raid and all that, that LeBron might be traded. And everyone, I mean, Blake said, nope, not going to happen. And yeah, I think that's the right initial reaction, but... Today, you get on Twitter, and that's all you see is that people inside the Lakers organization can to convince Jeannie Buss to trade LeBron James. It's it's an interesting turn of events, honestly, and I, I saw what you were seeing on Twitter as well because I had the same reaction. I was like, who would be stupid enough to trade LeBron James? Like, really? Um, but... You know, you could think of situations in which it makes sense. You know, he has a lot of value, um, but I don't see it happening. I I think he is the guy that runs that team, and you're – you know, trading LeBron is like trading Babe Ruth, you know? Okay, and two things. Babe Ruth did get traded. That's true. uh, Or – and everyone said that Wayne Gretzky would never be traded. Yeah. He got traded. That's true. Um, Good point. Second thing. It's not LeBron's choice. So he does not have a no trade clause. And like you said, he quote unquote runs the team. Do you think the people in LA like that people say that? Probably not. And to me, the thing that tells you the most about this situation is that 
when Luke Walton got fired and everyone was like, well, they're going to go get Ty Lue, you know, basically LeBron's puppet master coach, you know, the guy who just sits on the sideline. He like pats him on the head. He's like, Hey man, don't worry. I'm going to coach the team. You can stand here and get all the credit. Right. The, the Lakers offered him like three years, like $18 million, like super low ball as far as a contract for a head coach in the NBA, because He's already he's still being paid by the Cavs. The Cavs still owe him ten million. Yeah. So he's like, why would I take this deal, which is for three years, which is essentially saying LeBron's time for what is really pennies on the dollar, especially in a market like LA. Yeah. To put up with your BS. Like, no. So the 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 rumor is that the Lakers were like they wanted to hire somebody who he went to go coach the Suns, and then they're like, "Well, we have to at least offer Ty Lue money to appease LeBron, but we're going to lowball him, so he so won't he take the take job." It. Yeah. And as reading through the tea leaves, everyone is like, "This is basically the Lakers saying you don't control this team." So really, if you're an organization, regardless of the player, regardless of the team. You're, you have to make the decision. What's more important? Winning right now, maybe in three years with LeBron or the future of your franchise moving forward? Because after three years, he's either going to retire or go back to Cleveland for like two more years and then retire. And that's it. But the, the problem is, is this this culture that has been created in the first year. The first year he was there, he tried to trade half the team. Yeah. To go get Anthony Davis. So all these other free agents are like, man. Why do I want to go there? LA? Yeah. Yeah. Like, really, maybe you might get Kyrie now just because he's, again, boys with LeBron kind of again. So, like, that's really what your your shot is. But it's it's something that I find very interesting because, like I said, it did happen with Gretzky. But – it never was really a discussion with LeBron. I mean, with uh, MJ, and you always ask the conversation in the NBA, who's the greatest, MJ or LeBron? There was never this type of speculation around MJ as far as like gonna trade him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think I don't think that they're the same person in the locker room. Like now, maybe they're like the same type of personality off the court or whatever. But I feel like MJ was actually a team player. You know, like yeah, uh, it wasn't all about him. Um, it wasn't all about, you know, what's good for me. And like, like B just said, it's not all about my brand and my, and all this other shit. My, Michael Jordan wanted to win basketball games and he was going to do whatever the, the team needed for him to do that. Um, and that's, you know, and again, he wasn't calling for trades. He wasn't moving players like LeBron. I mean, LeBron literally walked into LA and was like, I need to get rid of half of these dudes. Literally to go get one MJ would have never done that, dude. He would have never done that. So, uh, it's a totally different situation. You can't really – I mean, obviously you can compare them on the basketball court, but personality-wise, locker room-wise, I don't think they're even comparable. And to um, let our audio listeners know what B-Dog is saying to us in the chat, you know, he's basically saying, like, LeBron's over basketball and he's there for his brand and that magic brought him there to, you know, help him develop into a mogul, which is all true. Yeah. But magic is gone. And so that – then Left in the middle of a game, basically. <laughs> Literally, was like, oh, I'm not going to be here. Stop talking to me. I'm and out. <laughs> that also hurts the draw for free agents. And two, again, it's not his choice. Unlike Bryce Harper, who said, I'm putting in my contract that you can't trade me. LeBron did not do that. 
So regardless of whether he wants it or not, they can still trade his ass. Of course. So he is not, you know, Adam Silver. He's not the commissioner of the NBA as much as he thinks he is. As As much much as he he wishes he was. He wishes he was. It's ultimately not his choice. And I think it's very fascinating. And I would, uh, the ransom you would get for LeBron James is ridiculous. For sure. If, if and when Zion Williamson is drafted one overall and the trades start coming around of getting Zion for LeBron and multiple first round draft picks, like it's going to be proposed and it's, Oh, it's going to definitely be a huge trade deal. If it does go down, I mean, it's going to be insane, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to watch, keep an eye on because it's too hard to speculate at this point. Yeah. It's too, it's, that's one thing you say about the NBA, man, the off season is very entertaining. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of games or anything like that, but it's fun to pay attention to the drama that goes yeah. along with a sport that is really run by the players at For the end sure. of the day. Like 100%. On, on the court, it's the players, but you got these super, super rich people that ultimately it's a business and can move you in base. Basketball is infamous for not essentially caring about their players. So all I'm saying is don't be shocked if LeBron James is traded, it wouldn't be, like I said, people said no, no one in a million years. There's there's reason there's a 30 for 30 for the fact that Wayne Gretzky was traded. Yep. So 20 years from now, we might have a 30 for 30, you know, the, when the King loses his crown or something like that, <laughs> trade LeBron James. But yeah, like you said, worth watching. Not much speculation beyond that. So before we transition to the rest of the show, we do have to mention, are awesome sponsors. Yeah, somehow we forgot to do this last week, but, uh, you know, that's that's just the nature of the beast. But it's the nature of the beast. Man. As we know, as you've heard, Catch Fish and Chill, I am currently wearing one of their shirts. So just so you know, we don't plug this shit without actually using it. Um, but Catch Fish and Chill, uh, they've got some new sweet-ass stickers that they've just come out with. Um, as you can see here, um, these shorts that are in this sticker here are in production. Lots of good gear about to drop. Um, again, it's high quality. It's not expensive. Use our code real talk WCC for 20% off your purchase. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Yeah. No, I mean, they're pumping out new merchandise. Like it's like, it's nobody's business. So yeah, they got something for everybody. Hoodies, tank top shorts, t-shirts, everything. So definitely check them out. It's great stuff. And of course, um, you know, if you want to go on any type of vacations coming up into summertime, I'm heading on a vacation on Saturday. So you know, it's that time of year. If you want to go on a trip, whether it's Disney, Universal, on a cruise, to an all-inclusive resort, doesn't matter. Hit us up um, with Mouse Planner with Jess. You know, we'll plan everything totally free. Super easy. And, you know, like I said, if you want to go, why have to stress yourself when we could do it for you? 100% free. Email Jessica at mousecaplanner.com to get it going. It's pretty awesome. It gets you a free quote. It's legit, and it's a pretty seamless communication between us and you. All you got to do is answer some questions, and we'll get you hooked up. But, you know, this is Twitch. It is a gaming show, so let's move into gaming. All right. Well, unless you've been under a rock and haven't checked the internet today, 
season nine of Fortnite just dropped, so we got to start there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could have missed this, um, but as you can see, season nine where they completely ripped off the character from Destiny, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clyde Seven, or yeah. you know, his name's like Died Seven or something. I don't know. It's got to be something ridiculous because that is straight ripoff. Yeah, uh, and then they Destiny. also have the character who went in in their little promo video. This I found this to be kind of dark. If you haven't logged on yet, you'll see it, but. They, the, the volcano is crashing, the default skin, as you can see here, and the banana run into a vault. They realize there's no food, and this dude eats the banana guy and wears his skin as a cape. It's pretty crazy um, yeah, that they weird. put that on there. But a lot of new things added to the game. They've got these new slipstream things. It's like a air tunnel, and I, you know, I, I played right when I got home from work just to see what it was about. I'm not. I don't know what to think about it yet, honestly. Uh, these things go all the way around the map and then around uh, Tilted Towers and the new mall section that they have, which of course you know Tilted was gone for a day, so they had to bring it back. Um, yeah. But it does look cool. It's it's called Neo Tilted, which is the first location in Fortnite that doesn't have the the first letters matching of the name. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. But the big news. Um, is all of the things that they vaulted. Uh, so they vaulted R.I.P. for shooting the pump shotgun, which I am legitimately shocked about. Now I am too. Yeah, they replaced it with a combat shotgun, and it is ass. I was playing today; it's not good. Um, so I'm not happy about that. But they also vaulted the clingers. But it, with that, they brought back the grenades. So I, you know, I was upset to see the clingers go, but I got my grenades back, so I'm not that upset. They vaulted the treasure, they vaulted the dart trap, they vaulted the scope, the revolver, uh, the uh, suppressed assault rifle, the thermal assault rifle, and the balloons. So they put a lot of things in the vault. They reduced the drum gun availability as well, so I like to see nice. that, yeah, because um, that thing is way too OP. Um, and they also reduced the boombo availability, so a lot going on there. Um they also added a new thing called Fort Bites, which are like little collectibles. There's a hundred of them throughout the season. You have to find. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Ant Farm, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the stream. Thanks for stopping by. Um, bug fixes, whatever that means. Um, they also are adding trios back, so that's cool. That's good for for us real talk boys since we are uh, a trio. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they got solid gold coming back as well, which we all love that mode. And then one shot, which is the low gravity um, sniper thing. We we played that every once in a while. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say I was saying for the last couple of weeks, oh, I'm not going to buy the battle pass just because. I mean, just with my limited time and stuff like that, I don't max it anymore like I would used to. But I'll probably get this one just because I was actually impressed with the default skins. I think that's sick that they got the double axe feature now. Yeah, I'm hyped to see that. Yeah, and um. Yes, pretty legit, but it's, it's it's really hard for me to, to determine how I feel about Fortnite because two days ago I was telling y'all, like, I'm kind of over that game. <laughs> Here I am, like, yeah, yeah, I'll buy the Battle Pass. So, like, I don't know, man. It's There is a fatigue in some regards settling in, but that's why they do the seasons. And yep. Um, it's a smart move. I think it's super annoying that they brought Tilted back within two days, like – I feel like that was something that we've been calling for for months and months. They, they finally did it. It's like, sweet. And then literally they just changed the name and added some fancy cosmetics to it. But, you know, 
you'll still see it streamed on Real Talk Gaming. Of course. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, as you know, it's, I was thinking about this on the way home today. Um, as much as people talk shit about this game, and as much as you know, we've complained in the past. It's still one of the best games out, and there's no mm-hmm. there's no denying that. Um, it's the still the top stream game on Twitch, uh, yeah. and I continually have fun playing it. Um, and and as you said, I think that these are some of the best skins that they've come out with. They have you know the Gundam Wing skin here. That's again straight rip off of Gundam. The chick that looks kind of like Mega Man. Um, this dude over here the, uh, looks like the PlayStation Free skin that they gave out a while ago, but. They're all upgradable. They they are you know changeable. I don't know. I'm gonna keep playing it uh, until you know I get tired of it. So yeah, I mean I think more would have to happen for you know me to truly stop playing. I mean we'll have to see what this new map is like. And you know I'm, we were heated when they first added the dusty divot. And, yep. You know that's now you know so far in the past we still play it. So whatever. I will say that they have made changes to. Uh, <laughs> To our one landing spot, uh, Junk Junction, it's 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 changed con- considerably. Um, I landed there. They now have the old tower from uh, Tilted is in there, and it's all broken down. They got a bunch of shit Ooh. laying around it, so they have changed some things up as as they needed to. The volcano is no longer there either. The mall is actually kind of cool. I was there; it's pretty tight. Um, so there's Ooh. you know there's a lot of things, and, and again, the reason they do this is to keep the game fresh. And I gotta say, they're successful Correct. with it. And I will say, like, I think that I remember, you know, when PUBG and uh, Fortnite were still really battling out, I don't really think there's much of a battle left anymore. It's more just PUBG and, uh, you know, uh, not and it's more Fortnite and Apex now. But Ninja was saying, you know, I think that Fortnite should never change its map as far as, like, the shape of the map just constantly change the way it looks. I agree. And I think they took that advice and have run with it very well because – while they make these changes, there's still familiarity there. Mm-hmm. So while I may not like the new Neo tilted, I don't have to drop there, you know? So exactly. Like it, you don't never, you don't need to go to these places if you don't like them. Um, now there is a challenge for the first week where you have to fly around on the slipstream, but I jumped, mm-hmm. I dropped it and you have to go by tilted. I dropped in, hit the thing and it was automatically taken care of. I didn't even have to go into tilted. So Nice. Again, if you if you want to avoid it, you're fine. You don't have to go there. So, I'm all good. You know. Yeah. Like I said, you'll still see it streamed here. But one exactly. thing you're definitely going to see streamed here in the very near future when it comes out is the, the hot news of the day: the new Tom Clancy Ghost Recon. Yeah, actually, we I, you know I was writing the outline for this episode, and when I was writing it, this game hadn't even been fully announced yet. Um, because it was getting announced at like 11.30 on the P- uh, P- uh, Pacific time. But it is now released. It's called Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We're going to go ahead and air the trailer for you here now so you can get a glimpse of this badass game that we got coming out. Yeah, it looks sick. And if you don't know, we are big fans of the Ghost Recon series, so oh yeah, we, we'll definitely be playing this. I'd say easily seventy hours in the last one. Yeah. I am a ghost, an elite soldier. 
trained to strike my enemies before they know I exist. Death stalks me. But I survive. Overcoming any obstacle. Never surrendering. This shit looks Look so my real. Brothers and sisters yeah. at my side. Trailers are. It's getting out of control, man. There is no fight we fear. It started with the old Call of Duty with. Uh... Yeah. would be what PS5 looks like though. This would be a We are ghosts. Yeah, you We aren't afraid of death. It's so impressive how that as far as graphics and it's just cutscene. Oh I know. This is where we are so when you take the life of my brothers, when you provoke me, it doesn't matter how powerful you are, I will burn your world to the ground. Nothing like Punisher. <laughs> so yeah, this I mean obviously this game is gonna be freaking sick. Um Yeah, and if it's it's kinda hard to tell through the trailer, but the idea of the story in this game is that you are of course a ghost who is investigating this mythical uh, island that doesn't really exist in the real world, but um, that is apparently run by some company that makes these crazy drones that is overrun by some rogue ghosts that have gone yeah. bad. So you're not just like in the last game going against like some the cartel of or thugs, you know, like these are also ghosts. So expect harder fights at launch. You will already ha have the PVE feature that the, um, I mean, PvP feature that the other game was added to, like, additional support later in the year. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have that element right away. But um, one thing I thought was pretty dope is that, like, of course, when you play, you know, and you get hurt, you have to heal. But, like, you can legit get injured to the point where, like, you limp and you your aiming is off until you set camp and heal and stuff yeah. like that. So. Uh, it's going to add another additional element to the open world concept of having to get away 
actually build a camp. You don't just go to a place on the map. You know, we put so many hours in on wildlands. It's ridiculous. And like Zach said, it's, it's hard to be disappointed by a, a you know Ghost Recon game. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, the the main my main complaint with with Wildlands was nothing with the gameplay or anything. It was just that if you wanted to play solo, you had to play with the three other NPCs, which I hated. Yes. They're so hard to control. They never do what you want them to do. Um, even though they have improved from way back in the day, I got to say it's way better than it was. But still, the difference between this game though and that game is at least the way I read it that you will be able to play it fully solo. Um, so what they're giving you if you play solo instead of three random NPC players that run off and shoot and can pull, you know, enemies at any time, yeah. you have like three advanced drones that you get to use to help you. That okay. You have like total yeah. control over. See, I'm so, with that. Um, yeah, they call it like if you want to lone wolf it, you know, they are actually making it possible to play this game solo because you're correct. It, it's impossible to play the other one. Without friends. And that's the main reason that we never really pushed through it because you had to play with friends. So if your friends couldn't play or they weren't, you know, willing to play, then you're, you're screwed. So that's kind of where we are. There's not much funner than getting a chopper going literally as high as you physically can, skydiving down and going pistols only. So we we probably will before this game drops. We'll probably get some some content for you with jumping back into Wildlands because we'll never we'll never walk away from it fully. I don't think. No, uh, I mean that was like in the infancy of our streaming days, so uh, we we didn't really get to bring it a lot to here. But you can definitely expect to see this one there. And we do have and some yeah, videos I mean, like, on the YouTube on our YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, like our our Predator Hunt was. I mean, the Predator DLC that was free is one of the coolest things ever. So, yeah. Um, Still didn't beat that motherfucker though. He's <laughs> standard impossible, dude. <laughs> He's a predator, bro. Yeah. But super legit. So uh the last bit of gaming news I do want to talk about before we transition to you know entertainment is something that I think is gonna impact our stream pretty drastically in mm-hmm. regards to real talk. I mean, as far as uh Rocket League mm-hmm. is this whole loot box thing that's going on right now. Yeah, so if you haven't heard um a uh, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, Republican from Missouri, has introduced a bill to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions, which, you know, I saw some people upset about it on, on Twitter, and the main reason they're upset is is something that I agree with. The way he framed this bill is that it's called the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act, okay? Hmm. So... What this is basically saying is that parents, which, you know, maybe this is true, but parents are not, you know, doing enough to keep their kids from playing these games. So now the government has to step in. Now, I disagree with that approach to this legislation. I disagree that this should be to protect kids from these games. I think that it should be to, as you know, looking at it from a business perspective, this is dishonest business practice, you know. Yeah. The loot box thing, okay, I could see that, you know, maybe that's not too bad, but but they would have to at least show you the odds of winning prior to buying the loot box, okay, getting what you want. And some games do that. Um, most don't. So in that sense, it is predatory. It is legitimately gambling. You are paying money for something that you don't know what you're going to get. Mm. Uh, but the thing that, that I really do agree with is the pay-to-win mechanics that, that they're singling out where they – 
you know, purposefully make a game extra grindy. It's basically what we saw with the picture you can see here, Star Wars Battlefront 2. When it first came out... Of course, it's a a poster child for this. It was... It was intentionally grindy to force you into playing, paying for the loot boxes, which would then give you upgrades that make you better at the game. And that, to me, is a terrible business practice. Now, again, I disagree with the framing of uh, saying we need to protect the kids. Like, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. calm down. Parents should be doing that on their own. But we need to protect the gamers from these terrible companies like EA who are doing everything they can to monetize the shit out of their games. Now... A side effect of this is that games could go up in price or they could move to a subscription-based service or something hmm. because these you know, these companies are too used to making just billions of dollars off of in-game transactions. So it's hard to tell what, what are the side effects are going to be from this. But, you know, on its surface, I do support this bill. I think that the government, you know, I hate the government getting involved in anything, honestly. I really do. I think that... You know, I would, I would like for the market to correct this type of stuff, but obviously that's not happening. And these companies are continually engaging in these types of practices. And and as long as they are, it's going to it's gonna make the government want to get involved. Now, again, I don't like that, but well, we I need think, some kind I said, of fix. I, I think from a legislative standpoint, and if I'm a guy who wants to get a bill passed, what's the easiest way to get parents on board? Say it's affecting your children. So... I think that's a kind of a lame duck way of helping his bill get passed. I agree that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like if you're a parent who loads your credit card into a PlayStation and don't monitor what your child is doing, like it's kind of on you yeah. if they spend $200. I agree in that it's, it is a, it's a business issue. Um, but if this is how we get it corrected, then damn, let's get it corrected that way. I don't really care, but the fact that games specifically like Star Wars that are easily one of my favorite things of all time, Star Wars, like, is, is, are being destroyed because companies like EA can do this and rip people off is frustrating. Um, it If you just create a system to where you let them buy what they know that they're going to buy, like, like a V-Bucks store in Fortnite – you know, then that's fine. Yeah. But the competitive advantage part portion of this is ridiculous. Like to say that we're going to make this game hard. So you pay money to then be good at it. Like it's, it's frustrating, but. Well, in one of the areas that we see this most where it's, which is something that we don't really engage in is mobile games, you know, and this is where a lot of the kids are spending that money, you know, candy crush alone, you know, I played it for a little bit, but literally it's it, it is designed to make you pay money, and I never did, obviously. But you could see how a kid who doesn't know better has his mom's phone and is yep. like, "Buy more lives. Here you go, five yep. bucks. What's the deal?" And then the mom doesn't even know until it's you know three hundred fifty dollars in candy crush yeah. transactions. So, you know, again, I don't want the government involved in this. I would prefer if you know EA would just fix it itself, and I think. The games industry would rather that be the case. You know, they don't want the government fixing this shit. They would yeah. rather uh, have uh, them the, them have the ability to fix it, which, you know, EA, having, having announced the new Star Wars game that they got coming out with no loot boxes, no pay to win, mm-hmm. none of that stuff, maybe they are learning, but as long as they still have EA Sports where this is just filled in there, 
Yeah. They're not going to change, and they're making billions of dollars off of it. So it's going to force the government in. And I hate that, but maybe that's what we need. I don't know. Yes, and thank you for the followers, Raman. We appreciate you. Welcome to Real Talk Nation. That's who we rated and, last night, Chuck. Uh, oh, nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course. I would much rather have less government. I'm like Ron Swanson, you know? Like, exactly. I want I want to cut everything. <laughs> uh, I will go further into the belly of the beast to destroy it from within. That's right. But, nah, I mean, yeah, I think... I think you're right. Like, I think EA is slowly starting to recognize it, and I don't necessarily think that it will get passed. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't know if I can't see it. Are... I can't see it getting a lot of tra- uh, a lot of pushback. I mean, it's I, a pretty yeah. pretty bipartisan idea. Yeah. So, but again, our government is completely divided on everything. So, who the hell? Like knows? literally everything. So, if someone can find a way to argue it, they will. Um, yeah. But, yeah. We don't get too political here on World Talk exactly. Gaming. So we'll Even though I teach that. government, we're not going to get too deep into it. Yeah, I mean, just know that if you spend money on microtransactions to play to win, uh, I disagree with your philosophy in that. And you're if perpetuating you money, the system. <laughs> if you spend money in Fortnite because you want to drop money on a skin, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Those are the microtransactions that work. Those are the microtransactions that you can have zero complaints about. Exactly. And as Epic has proven, you can still make a filthy, ridiculous load of money. I think that. you would so. make more money by, like, if Rocket League were to implement a Epic Games type store, I would actually buy more of their stuff because I would yeah. know what I'm getting. You know, and that's my oh, main yeah. complaint against Rocket League right now is that you have to buy the freaking keys and then I open the loot box and it's always something that I don't want. And it's like, shit, oh, why am terrible. I doing this? Yeah, if you just have a store and you can buy the light up uh, paint that you really want yeah. and you, you spend your key on that or whatever, then yeah, that makes way more sense than exactly. right now. I buy the battle pass because you unlock things, but ultimately you unlock enough keys to get the next one for free. Exactly. Because if you spend a key on a loot box, you're going to get... Some bullshit you don't want. <laughs> yeah, something terrible for like a decal for a car that you don't even use. Yep. Like that's the worst thing. And like you said, in sports games with the you know ultimate teams and stuff, it's it's so predatory and ridiculous. But that's that. We have a third layer to our show, as everyone knows. We're going to it now. Let's talk about entertainment. So, entertainment, you know, the third piece of the puzzle of here at Real Talk Gaming. And there's, as always, we try our best to say spoiler free. We're going to get into some topics that if you have not seen them, we will disclose beforehand. But it's it's time. It's time to discuss some certain things. So before we do that, I do want to touch on some big announcements that came out this week, specifically with Disney and the Star Wars trilogies. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of been a slow week um, in terms of movies. And, you know, there is – we don't really really get into, like, the celebrity gossip bullshit. Like, who cares about no, that? Yeah, don't um, care about that. Yeah, but there has been some announcements um, from Disney, you know, the, the giant monopoly of movies – and entertainment. Yeah. Um, and they've announced their their plans for the next Star Wars and Avatar movies. Now, I was kind of shocked 
Not by the Star Wars movies. I knew they were going to milk that as long as they could, but the way that they are milking these Avatar movies, I am shocked. So, this is pretty, actually a pretty cool article, the way they have Ray revealed there. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But if you look at the list here, you got uh, Rise of Skywalker, which is already announced, 2019. Okay, Then uh, in 2020, Cruella and West Side Story. I don't know why that's even on this list, but okay. Um, <laughs> Cruella is probably going to be pretty tight. 101 Dalmatians. Uh, I guarantee um, you that's going to be lit, dude. Yeah. You're going to put like a human dark element into that. For sure. Nice. Um, but then 2021, they got Avatar 2. 2022 starts the new Star Wars trilogy, which is the big news. Now, we don't know if this Star Wars trilogy is going to center around the Skywalker saga or be something totally different. They haven't told us. All we know is that there's three more Star Wars movies coming, one in 2022, one in 2024, and one in 2026. And in between those, we have four more Avatar movies. Not one, but four. So you have Avatar 2 in 2021, Avatar 3 in 2023, Avatar 4 in 2025, and Avatar 5 in 2026. How you're going to get five movies out of that, I don't know. But if anybody can do it, it's Disney. Um, so we'll and see. For, and as far as Avatar, it's James Cameron. He can yeah. do it. Well, I mean, I don't, is he going to do all five, though? Who knows? Yeah, so he's – it. I think the reason – they were just recently delayed, and it's because they're they're shooting them concurrently, just like uh, Infinity War and Endgame were shot back-to-back. Back. So, oh, okay. You know, and with Cameron, you know, he's always doing something crazy that's never been done that's before. That's true. You know, um, so – but I agree with the way that the first movie ended, which really seemed like it was going to be a standalone thing. I mean, yeah, it kind of leaves it open to a future, but – I have literally no idea what that's going to be about, but I'll definitely go see it. It was the until this weekend when Endgame surpassed it. It was the second highest grossing film of all time. Uh, no, wait, no correction. I'm sorry. It still is the highest grossing film of all time. Titanic was the second highest film. So they're yeah. And if you factor got two, in, yeah, got you, two of the three. Exactly. If so, you factor yeah, in inflation it. and all that, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's not going to get beat. But the the thing about the Star Wars, like you know. A year ago, I believe, is when they started teasing that they were going to have another trilogy and all that. And I do believe they said it's going to be separate from the, the Skywalker story. So what that means and how that's going to be, where in any timeline, I don't know. Um, to be totally honest, when I first saw that, I kind of... I didn't have the reaction that I thought I was going to have. Uh, I thought I'd be more excited. Um, yeah. I think it might've been because I recently, as in last Saturday, rewatched episode eight and the, the second rewatch did not make me feel much better as what I thought I was going to. Um, so, you know, even Mark Hamill himself said that a, a real star Wars fatigue could set in with yeah. the trilogies and all these side movies and stuff like that. But if, they don't do what they did with the the main trilogy. I think the biggest problem with seven, eight, nine is that they did not keep the same director. You know, yeah. if they would have just stuck with the same director, it would have been fine. If they can correct those issues and not interject stupid political things that should not be interjected, then I would be happy. But the second rewatch of episode eight, it's so much more than any of the other Disney movies I've seen of late, like way more than solo, way more than any of the MCU movies yeah. where it's one or two scenes, almost the entire movie of Star Wars episode eight is a punch you in the face with a message. And it just bothers me. So yeah, regardless of where you stand on those messages is irrelevant. 
um, you said it the best, shoot, when you said it's immersion breaking, and that's not what I want from my movies, and it bothers me, so that needs to be corrected. But I'll forever and always be a Star Wars fan, so I'll at least hold out hope. Yeah, I mean, my thing with Episode Eight when I saw it in the theaters, I was genuinely excited about it just because it is a Star Wars movie. You're of in the course. theaters. Um, I still have not rewatched it, so that tells you a yeah. lot, you know, because exactly when I and walked out of there, I was like, there's a lot of things in that movie I didn't like, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be one of those guys who goes on the internet and bitches about it. Now, I will say that the fans and, and the people that complain are justified in their complaints, but they go over the top with it. Of course. My whole thing with, with Rain Johnson is he kind of just came in. And was like, oh, you guys like Star Wars? Screw you. I'm going to do everything that you don't like, and that's how it's going to be. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it felt like. So, it was terrible um, that he, that they that they didn't just let J.J. do the whole thing. It felt like a movie that was just out of sync with everything else that they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, and he was just doing that to subvert expectations un, you know, unnecessarily. Uh, so... You know, I don't know. I'm going to be on a podcast next week uh, with our film teacher at school talking about Star Wars. So if you really want me to g- get into it, uh, I'll make sure to put tweet out the link and all that on that stuff so you can uh, get my insight on that one. But you know, again, it's it, it is what it is. Um, if if they do it right, I am excited about the Mandalorian show. Um, oh yes, following plus. yeah. I mean that that's going to be cool, but. You know, there's just no need to inject these these messages of current day politics into these movies, and it doesn't seem like Disney's going to stop doing that. Um, so, and uh, it's, it is what it is, and I don't think that they will. But and I think, as we've seen in Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and Endgame, it can be done to the yeah. point to where it's just like a, eh, I can get over it. Or it can you be know. done to where it actually services the plot and makes sense when you kind of just yes. throw it in there. Like, in Star Wars, it doesn't really make sense. You know, like, if you watch Solo, they have that whole thing about robot liberation. Like, bro, this is unnecessary. We don't need this. It doesn't mix with what we're trying to do. But, yeah, like, you look at Black Panther. Perfectly handled everything that they were trying to do. All the political messaging that they were trying to give. It wasn't beating you over the face with it. And It fits the story. It fits the story and helps service the plot. So, yes. There are ways to do it, and and if Disney does it, you know, right, then I'm okay with it. If they continue down the path, like with Episode Eight, I'm not okay with it. And again, I think it goes back to the director. I think Rain was like, okay, you only want me to do the middle movie, like really? You're gonna give me the one that is the filler, and so I'm gonna come in and interject what I want to interject while making it to be way more questions that should be. You were hoping for answers that you just got more questions, but. Of course, I watched on May the 4th, and I still got giddy when you see the Star Wars scroll come across yeah. the screen, and that will always have that effect. So I think they need to give it some time to breathe a little bit, and if they change the story to something totally different, I think that would probably be the best. That would be the best. Exactly. They can't, you know, they can't continue the Star Wars main saga. If you start yeah, a completely Skywalker, new trilogy, yeah. I'm all for You know, it could it's be good. It's got to be... 100 years in the future or 100 years in the past. It's got to do something. To, Knights of the totally Old Republic else, would be not, yeah, sick. Somewhere totally else in the galaxy, you know, use Jedi and all of these things, but none of the same characters to, to give us a fresh start. But, yep. yeah, we'll see how that goes. As far as, you know, the MCU and transitioning to what will be phase four, um, 
I'm definitely more optimistic than I have been in the past, mostly because of what Infinity War and Endgame have done for me and my realization that I have not given this universe the credit that it deserves. So I'm interested to see how they're going to integrate, you know, X-Men into that now that Disney owns it. And a lot of, a lot of things could be coming that are going to be legit, but I'm I'm definitely hyped for the new Spider-Man movie at the very least. Yeah. So the thing about the Marvel universe that we have to give them a lot of credit for is Endgame was 100% about fan service. That's all that that movie was. It was, mm-hmm. we are going to give you everything that you have ever wanted to see from these characters in this storyline. And that's the exact opposite of what they did with Episode Eight in Star Wars. So, um, you know, again, and, you, and people have legitimate complaints about Endgame, whatever. I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos talking about it, and to me, I think it was one of the best movies I've ever seen, honestly. I walked out of there. I, I haven't I haven't been emotionally moved by a movie in the theaters like that in a long time. Um, Specifically a superhero movie. Exactly. A, a Marvel movie actually made me cry, bro. What is happening, dude? Like, yeah. what is happening? So, they have... Um, they have released the the plan for Phase 4, at least the, the movie release dates. So we got Spider-Man Far From Home, which is dropping in July, and that is the end of Phase 3, the, the end of the third phase where now, if you've seen the trailer, what it looks like is we're going into having two distinct realms. We're going to have the cosmic universe and the, the terrestrial, you know, the, the Earth-based heroes. At least mm-hmm. that's what it looks like they're setting up. Or a multiverse scenario. Exactly. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Um, but introduction of Mysterio, one of my favorite characters like ever from uh, the Spider-Man series. So it's going to be very awesome. Then Phase 4 starts out with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, they also have a Black Widow movie coming. The Eternals will be coming out, and uh, again, uh, you know, you got to be a kind of a comic book nerd to know what that is. Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Shang-Chi, and the release dates have been announced. So you have May 1st, 2020, November, February, you could read it there, I'm not going to read them all to you. Um, But it goes from 2020 to 2022, and there's, you know, eight movies coming out, so... It's it's going to be, you know, again, I have all faith in the MCU and the people running the show over there. And mm. like you said, Endgame is going to make me pay attention to these a lot more. Yes, um, significantly. Like, I will legit go see them in theaters where I really didn't see Thor Ragnarok. You know, I didn't see that in theater. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even see Guardians 2 until after Endgame. I went back and watched it last week. And that shit made me cry. So. Uh, I know I saw Guardians too before I saw you know, Infinity War, but yeah, I mean, but still that final like scene in, in Guardians, uh, the funeral scene there, right here on the screen, bro. Yeah, got but, me hard. I, mean, I still saw it on Netflix, though. Like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I've waited that long. Exactly. For it. I won't be waiting that long for MCU's. And with the release of Dark Phoenix coming out soon, you know, I've seen some speculation that somehow in the ending of that movie could be the the part where we start tying them into the MCU. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to use those characters and those actors or if they're going to go completely, totally different. You know, I think there's a million different ways you could do Everything it. I've the, read said that the plan right now is to initiate X-Men in Phase 5. Um, so not until uh, like 2024, 2025. So it'll be all new actors and all that. At least that, that's what uh, I've heard. 
I just um, have a hard time believing that they're gonna let that juice dry up. Yeah. You know, especially if Phoenix is a well, good I mean, movie Sony still has part of those rights, so Sony owns the rights to like the theme parks and stuff, but they don't own the characters of the movies anymore. Oh, okay. So like okay. really the only difference is that you know, you can't go to Disney Disney World will never own like a Spider Man ride. ride yeah. You know, but It'll always that's be about it. Yeah. yeah, that's literally it. So okay. Uh, I think it's going to depend. I agree. And movies take time to make and we'll have to see. But I think if that movie does well and this multiverse concept with Mysterio and at least what is teased into the uh, trailer of Far From Home, you know, that's a quick way to just, hey, guess what? This stuff has all been happening already. It's just on a different planet. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> or whatever. It's an easy way to but make it up. Yeah. It's, but the thing it's, I will um, say about Dark Phoenix, you know, as a avid fan of the X-Men cartoon show, which, you know, me and Kane went back and watched it when he was here a few years ago. We, we binged the entire thing the time he was here. The Dark Phoenix saga is one of the best things that I've ever seen on TV in, in terms of, like, just, you know, growing up as a kid. That's when you When I first saw that on a cartoon, a multi-show arc over, you know, three or four episodes, and it was so well done. If they do it justice with this movie with Sansa being Jean Grey, it's going to go <laughs> off, dude. It could be very, very cool. So, and we'll see. Uh, speaking of Sansa, the last thing we'll say about X-Men before we transition to that last part of the show, like it's going to be her opportunity to prove herself as a actress Please. outside of Game of Thrones. Yep. So I think she can do it. I mean, she's been on one of the, one of the if not the biggest shows in the last 10 years i mean she already she, and she's already played played gene gray too but now know, she's but carrying those, the those movie. x-men's movies like again those x-men movies haven't been as big as what she would have expected just like i did not appreciate the mcu right so, right i think now she's fully evolved so to speak as yep. an actress to carry so um pretty excited about that but yes as i said we will give a disclaimer so if you are in watching us live on Twitch, if you were listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever, if you have yet to see episode three of Game of Thrones, which hello, we've already episode four has already aired. So if you haven't seen episode three, I don't think you, you probably care. don't care. Yeah, but we are still a spoiler-free podcast, so we will at least give you a week lag time. But it's time to talk about the long night. Yeah. So. Obviously, one of the best episodes that's ever been on TV. We talked about it last week in our spoiler-free version. Today, we're going to get into the spoiler version. And before we really uh, talk about it, there is no better way to sum up what happened on this episode than to watch the video that I produced for our boy Kane, where he wraps up the episode by rapping. So we're going to go ahead and watch that. It's called The Long Night. Uh, and I Again, if you haven't seen it, it's time to leave the show, okay? Uh but if you don't care, then enjoy. Are you ready for the long night? It's about to be a dogfight. The red woman shows up and gives the army all light. Fire to their weapons, now they ready, now they all hype. Jorah leads the Dothraki charge and then we lost sight. Like... What happened? Where they go? A couple came back acting as if they seen a ghost And then a fleet of ghosts we see approach That's when the team retreat and hope That standing ground's the answer now But we thinking nope 
Right when we looking like we know we dead, John and Danny light them up with dragon fire overhead. Shit is getting real now. Shit is like a cold red. Aria tells Sansa to hit the crib and go to bed. Brand is posted up, creepy as per usual. With Theon, we looking like, tell me what is you gonna do? Speaking of liabilities, Sam is in the battlefield. Ed Tyler saved him and then he got his ass killed. Army losing ground now. Get the signal, light the trench. Danny can't see through the smoke, so they try and switch. Arrows ain't working right before the nick of time hits. Melisandre comes through and proves that she the fire witch. The walkers like, I give a damn about some fire, bitch. Sacrifice their bodies, turn the ditch into a walker bridge. The hound freezing up like, I don't want no part of this. But when he see Arya struggle, he can't call it quits. The giant walker shows and everybody getting slayed. Back against the wall now, somebody gotta make a play. Little Lady Mormont, a G like no other. Giant like, oh, you never scared me, I'm bone crusher. But with her last breath, cause she never been a quitter. She stabbed him in the eye and took the giant out with her. Meanwhile, John and Danny in a dragon fight against the dragon white. I think I need to fix my satellite. Can't see this shit like like on the dark scenes. Like what, what is this? Like what the fuck is going on? Now Ari is in the library trying to find a way out. Surrounded, just one misstep could get a laid out. Barry saved the day and got killed in the process. The hound scooped Aria up and then they break out. She got away, but still a couple things she gotta say. What we tell the god of death? <laughs> Not today. Now John on the ground, cause the Night King took him down. He could use some help as he look around. Then he shows up like, let me solve all this. Hits the Night King with a Dracarist and takes off. Night King walks out the fire unscathed and makes the dead rise. John tries and runs straight towards the leader of the dead. But he's in a situation surrounded by new whites like gentrification. While the crypt gets invaded, women and kids, they tearing through. Sansa and Tyrion tearing, praying for a miracle. Khaleesi gets thrown off a dragon, now she on foot, Dora comes through for his queen, so it's all good, at first she's standing there looking all shook, and then she start working with a sword, like, wait a minute, y'all, look, now John on his way to save Bran, Bran like Theon, you were a good man, then Theon took a charge, weapon shaking in his hand, Night King could have killed him with his eyes closed, damn, John on his last stand, what about to happen, he gives a war cry, approaches the white dragon, Night King walks up to Bran to destroy him, we all knew his plan, Brand to him is most important. Then Arya comes through, soaring in for him with the blade, switches hands in midair like Jordan. Walker bodies vanish, air absorbing all the corpses as Khaleesi cries, mourning the death of Sajora Mormon. So yeah, that's uh, that pretty much sums it up for you. If you haven't seen the episode, <laughs> now you don't need to. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to Kane with those sick bars. I'll sure. tell you, man. You He's know, putting those out every week. So big the, the, props to him. Yeah, like he, you know, he he hit me up uh, after this third episode and was like, "Yo, I've been trying to make the video for this, but I can't do it. I'm not, you know, I can't figure it out. Can you help me out?" And I was like, "Sure." So. These are now live on our YouTube channel, um, and I'm going to go back and do... He did one for the first two episodes, so I'm going to go back and make those videos as well, and I'm going to be making them for the next uh, the next ones as well. So we'll have the whole season recapped. Um, can Kane just do all of Game of Thrones? I just watched that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you might have to talk to him about doing the other seasons. He does get frustrated with this because, I mean, again, you got to think about it. He's writing these whole things in a week, and as you just saw, that is a good song, regardless of whether or not you've seen Game of Thrones. Zach, I know mm-hmm. you haven't. So the fact that you think it's tight, I mean, that that shows. Like, the guy, you know, 
when we were in college, we always used to say like his his kind of his tagline is he's a genius, and this really kind of exemplifies that. I mean, he takes exactly what happened in the episode, sums it up. It was an hour and a half episode. He summed it up in three minutes uh, while rapping. I mean, that's just it, it, the skills there on display are are phenomenal. Ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that I could help him, you know, make a video for it. Hopefully you all thought that it, it worked well. Um, and we'll, we'll continue to continue to produce these as the season goes on. So um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to Kane and see if we can do like season wrap ups for you there, Zach. And you can just watch that. Yeah. He did. He did do a wrap up of season seven. So if you want to uh, know what happened in season seven, you can watch that. Um, and then obviously he did the first two episodes, which I'm going to make videos for and I'll post on our YouTube channel moving forward but again props to Kane the guy's a freaking genius if you if you aren't following him on Spotify uh please do that he's got a new album coming out yeah I was gonna say a new album just dropped yeah and this album um to me you know I don't know much about it I haven't heard it but the title is closer to nothing and it seems very personal um you know he's been grinding on this on this in this game in the rap game for since we were in college 12 years 10 years now um and it, it is a grind. I mean, you know, constantly putting out songs and, and not ever seeing the type of success that he deserves um, has got to wear on you. And that's kind of what this album is about, at least it seems like. Um, but, you know, Kane, man, we are thankful that you actually do produce this kind of stuff, man. Even if, even if it's not widespread yet, which I think it will be, uh, the people who do love your music are very thankful that you're producing it, man, because it is, it is top notch. Yeah, absolutely, and you will always have the support of the Real Talk Gaming crew. True that. That that being said, though, as far as the episode goes, I mean, um, like we touched on it last week, you know, the the complaints are valid as far as the darkness and all that stuff. But re- as you can see in just that trailer, or whatever you, the song, uh, cinematically one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see on television. Um, the fire is real when they shot those. That mm-hmm. when. You know, Mouse Andre lights that thing up like that was real pyro. Um, you know, the the sets and the props. Even the even the giant is a real person. It's just they used, you know, CGI to make him bigger. Yeah. But like everything they do in that show is as real as it could possibly be. Obviously there's no dragons or anything, but when John is yelling at that dragon face, it is a fire breathing face of a dragon yeah yeah so so it's pretty it's pretty incredible what they've been able to do now you know we could talk about the differences between the shows and the books and all that and there are a lot of valid complaints in that department as well as some inconsistencies with the storytelling from previous seasons to now Mm -hmm. um but if you suspend your disbelief and don't go into it nitpicking and looking for shit to be upset about I think it's amazing. You know, again, when you go back and think about it, you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. But when I'm in the moment, dude, that whole episode, I was literally sitting there with my hands on my head like, holy shit, dude, what is happening? Well, I will say, as far as what they're trying to accomplish, which was to make you think that literally everybody was going to die, they did that. Like, the entire episode, I was like, well... This is it. This is going to be the thing that Game of Thrones is going to be known for. Yep, they killing everybody. everybody. They tricked everybody to think it's a eight-episode season or six-episode season, whatever. But it's actually going to be three, and everyone's just going to die. Because the entire time, you are literally thinking, there's no way. Yeah, how are they going to overcome this? And so to, to accomplish that, 
and then to also then have the ending in which it did with Arya, which is all over the internet now. Like if you haven't seen it, I, you just don't check the internet because like <laughs> literally everything everywhere. It's on a Chive T-shirt. It's literally yeah. everywhere. But for them to have that when that happened, like you said, dude, I was legitimately jaw dropped. I was shook to the core. So um, I thought it was the right move. Um, the debate of who should kill the Night King is is valid, but ultimately, I think the show is called Game of Thrones, yep. and they needed to end that arc. And I think um, from the moment Hodor was holding the door, and you really got the first look at this uh, zombie horde aspect of the show, which is never really kind of portrayed that way in the books. I really never thought of it as zombies so to speak i was more like a animated dead body but never really to that capacity of just the horde of yeah. just continuous 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 climbing people. up each other to climb over the wall yeah. all that shit. um i think it got away from them a little bit and rightfully so because like it makes sense with that story a little bit but i think they kind of were like yeah this show has become not the game of thrones anymore it's the the, the show of the long night and so they had to end it because you have to also give the fans what they deserve to see who wins the game of Thrones. So it had to come to an end. Um, and I'm glad it did, to be honest, I was to the point where I was like, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's an unbeatable fight until you end it. So, um, a lot of people got pissed that it wasn't Jon Snow. I'm totally fine. Yeah. That I love Arya, Arya dude. Um, I think the way her character has been developed over the show, it was perfect for her because, yes, John is a great leader. He is a great character and ultimately a pretty decent fighter. Yeah. I mean, but Arya is a legitimately trained killer. Mm -hmm. So she is without a doubt the best fighter of all of them. And she deserved to kill a Night King. Period. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it was a good job of subverting expectations in a good way, you know? Yeah. So, cause that was, is about a shock. Cause if it comes down to a, rah, I'm Jon Snow, you're the Night King. Yeah. Let's fight Sword fight. Like, he's going to just, he's going to whoop your ass. Yeah. Dude. There is no fight. So having her flying, like when that happened, I was just, <laughs> same. I was, because the the knife drop was perfect, dude. When he caught her by the throat, I was like, "Oh shit, she better not die." And, and then she like did I the said, switch hands. Woo! Literally, the whole time I was like, "This this is it, man. This yeah. is the end of the show. Like this is how it's gonna end." And soon as he survived Jerkaris from Danny on the dragon, I was like, "Bruh, seriously? Like dragon fire? Can that doesn't even happen?" <laughs> so I was a little disappointed with how the Night King kind of looked, like. Because, you know, previously up to that point, for the most part, was CGI. I thought it kind of looked a little fake. But, I mean, what are you going to do? It's a freaking yeah. ice zombie, man. So, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was completely cool with how that happened. But what happens moving forward, a um, lot of theories. And, again, we give you a week. We will speculate next week. Oh, well, not necessarily next week. Cause unless you two want to do it because I won't be here. That's fine. Yeah. But... It's it is now again the Game of Thrones. 
not the game of the White Walkers. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously, you know, spoiler free for for episode four in case you haven't seen it. Um, but we obviously did watch it. Uh, there is a lot of things that happen there that does that does recenter the fight on Circe and in the North, um, and and Daenerys and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's resolved. There's a lot of crazy theories out there right now about how it's going to end. There's only two episodes left, and a lot of things to tie up. So. It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, George R. R. Martin has come out and said he wishes the show had three more seasons, finish the fucking books, and maybe that would have happened. But, yeah. you know. I, I can really give two craps about George R. R. Martin things. Like, I wish you I wish you would have finished the damn book. Exactly, so, dude. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care what you think. If about you don't the like show. the way they're ending it, that's your fault for not ending it for them, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Point blank, period. Like, you, you're opinion is invalid at this point how you think it's and is not your story anymore at this point because they passed you two seasons ago so i mean i i do wish they would have made it 12 episodes yeah as a final season yeah they could have done they could have made each episode 50 minutes you know having them an hour and a half i mean while i like it it seems like they're trying to do too much in too short of a time you know? Yes, correct. I agree. Because, again, I think the, the White Walker thing got ahead of them too much. I think that they didn't realize what it was going to take to end that arc yeah. and therefore not giving them enough room on the back end to finish. But we could be wrong and we'll discuss it as it goes. But needless to say, where we sit today with two episodes left, a lot needs to happen. And I'm very anxious to see what that is that's going to happen. Yeah, it, you know, it is interesting. but In the world of Game of Thrones, you either win or die. Apparently. That's right. And, you know, again, my my theory, and this is not a spoiler, my theory is Tyrion's going to end up on the Iron Throne. That's who I think is going to take it. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen. Who the hell knows? And that's a, it's po- I mean, it's a possibility. We've discussed it, and we won't go into detail because, again, spoiler-free. But if I had to pick without spoilers, I don't know. I think that... John's going to sit on the throne. You know, that's where it's going to end, in my opinion. As as I said today, that opinion may change next week when we actually discuss what happened in the last week's episode. So it's an evolving conversation on our podcast with the fact that we do try to remain spoiler-free. But at the end of episode three, that's where I sat, and that's what we'll say. Yep. But as always, we do appreciate you guys hanging out. With oh, us before we go, before we go. Oh. Before, Before we, we go, go, I have to plug one more thing. Shameless plug here, guys. Oh, um, yeah, my bad. My bad. Shoot. So last week, um, we talked about uh, the One Marvelous Scene playlist um, that was produced by Nando V Movies. Uh, I decided to make my own One Marvelous Scene video. As you can see here, it is up on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's all about... When Doctor Strange sees the future at the end of Infinity War, it's actually doing pretty good. 16 likes on this video, man. It's our most liked video of all time. Um, But I highly encourage... I'm going to drop this link in the chat for you guys. I highly encourage you to watch it to see what you think. Um, Again, I don't... I never really made a video like this before, uh, but I I gave it a shot. I think it's pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm a little biased, obviously, but I think it's pretty good. Uh, so go ahead and give it a watch. Let me know what you think. Drop a comment in there. And if, you know, again, it's getting a pretty good response. I've already got ideas for, for the one I'm going to make this weekend. Uh, it's going to be something a little different um, revolving around some of our favorite TV shows. But 
Um, I'm going to try and start making more content like this to, uh, you know, kind of get our name out there a little bit more and, and get some more viewers, uh, not only to the YouTube channel, but to the stream as well. So check it out. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it's pretty damn good. So <laughs> I was, uh, was very surprised watching it. I mean, if you watch any type of um, content on YouTube in that realm, I would put it up next to really anything. I mean, shoot did an amazing job with it. Um, specifically because I agree that that is one marvelous scene. I love that scene in uh, Infinity War. It's one that has a lot of different elements to it, and you dissected it perfectly. So check it out. Hit the like and subscribe while you're there. And um, like I was trying to say, but we had to drop that shameless plug. Obviously. It is that good, I will say. It's that good. But we do always appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Twitch. And... um, yeah, be sure to hit us up on all of our social media. Go to our YouTube where you see right there in the chat. Watch that video and the other content that we have provided there for you. But hit the like and sub while you're there as well. Thanks again for stopping in for this episode of the Real Talk Gaming Sports Podcast.